three, two, one. You ready? You're listening to the Real Pineapple Podcast Network. Good evening, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. We are The Real Pineapple. This is Hunter, and I'm here with Colin. Colin, how are you, friend? I'm good, man. Excited to hear how uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp was. So here's the thing. Uh, Me and Scott, uh, Scott and Missy Buddy, we reviewed the first Ant-Man, and Scott actually liked it better than I did initially. I believe he gave it a B or B plus. I gave it a B minus. I kind of was like, it's fun. It's fine. Um, but That's, that's kind of how I was on the first one. I was like, I don't know if I care about this character. <laughs> yeah. Um, I will say, I enjoyed this one way more than the first one for me. Okay. I, I left the theater and went, okay. That just flowed a lot better. So... Um, Can you explain the the timeline on this for me? Because, like, this is, like, before Infinity War, right? Or something like that? So, okay. So, I gotta kind of throw this out now, because I I can't not talk about the timeline without spoiling shit. So, full spoilers for any Man of the Wasp right now, just throwing that out there. So, okay. As I review the movie, I'll I'll, I'll kind of explain where it falls in the timeline. So, basically, uh, uh... Uh, Scott Lang, played by my, one of my biggest man crushes, Paul Rudd, uh, <laughs> he's he's under house arrest because of the whole uh, airport battle in Civil War. They were like, hey, you stole tech, and you didn't sign the Sokovia Accord, so yeah, you're under house arrest. For, uh, you're under house arrest. If you receive that tech again, you're going to you're going to jail for twenty years. So. They actually have him like hooked up to a, a monitor and all that shit. So he's really not doing anything. He's working uh, with uh, Louise, played again by Michael Pena, who I who I did just genuinely love. Oh, he's one. so he great like, in the first one. He he is great. I actually liked him better in this one than I liked him in the, in the first one. Actually, I thought he was funnier. But nice. uh, but uh, basically, uh, Hank Pym, uh, played by uh, Michael Douglas, who I fucking adore. And then uh, Evangeline Lilly, who plus, uh, of course plays Wasp, uh, Hope, uh, Hope in this movie. They they've been on the run because they were like, uh, basically the government w- went, "Hey, he used an Ant Man suit. You have the Pym particle and all that Pym tech. We're gonna go ahead and hunt you down and arrest you." So they've been on the run since Civil War, which I thought was actually a pretty interesting uh, dynamic to throw in so they're really pissed off at scott the only reason they even bring scott back into the fold is because uh through and if you've watched dr strange uh they've they've touched on the fact that you can enter the quantum realm and uh ant-man of course entered the quantum realm at the end of the first movie was able to get uh able to get out by uh messing with his uh radiator uh uh so in this this time around he basically was having dreams about Hope's uh, uh, Hope's mother, Janet, played by Michelle Pfeiffer, who can I say is still a fox, by the way? Uh, but but uh, she's she, been she kind of in the first one, was she? She Michelle, was not Michelle no. Pfeiffer, yeah. So 
basically the big thing is it's a big rescue mission to go ahead and bring her uh, back from the quantum realm. So here's the thing. <laughs> um, that's, that's like the main plot of the movie is they're trying to get Michelle Pfeiffer. That's a that's a main plot. Oh, okay. Yeah. So so here's the thing. You have to swallow a lot of just it's signed shut up <laughs> to enjoy the last 25 minutes of this. And I'll just say as much as I enjoyed this movie, there are some stuff I went okay movie. <laughs> like I'm trying to give you some rope. But you, you, you got to work with me here. So uh, the Quantum Realm, they kind of explain that it's basically alternate realities as they uh, explain Doctor Strange. And that's where, Ho- uh, that's where uh, Wasp, uh, the original Wasp, has been, uh, has been uh, trapped. Um, in between that, they're basically on the run from the government. Uh, they're gathering bits and pieces of other tech to go ahead and put together this quantum tunnel to basically get to the quantum realm. And while all that's happening, they're going ahead and they're battling uh, Ghost, who's played by Hannah Joan, uh, John uh, Kamen, who I will say, um, my roommate pointed this out to me, uh, James, shout out to James, uh, that he basically looks like a character out of Destiny, <laughs> and I gotta admit, when I looked up the character he was referring to, I went, "Oh yeah, that actually that costume is very reminiscent <laughs> very reminiscent of Destiny." That's that's kind of weird. Um, I think this character is way undervalued in the sense that I think her arc works way better than um, than a lot of people might think it would. Basically, the shorthand version, uh, and it's interesting because she's an Iron Man villain primarily in the comics. So I thought it was a really interesting choice to bring. Uh, her in and usually ghost is a dude but they went and, and but they've there's been female versions of character but i thought it was kind of cool actually go the female route and she basically um her dad was working on a science experiment um experiment goes wrong and basically she is uh her cells are always moving so she's only able to like do something simple like make a fist or something like that or touch another person or an object for a select amount of time. So she wants to get to the quantum realm to go ahead and try to rectify that. So it, it's an interesting take on the character and something I actually enjoyed. And the, her phase out effects allow her to go through like doors and things like that. So she's that's why she's interested in the pimp tech. And I actually thought that was an interesting direction to take the character. Um, now getting on the film that you said that you enjoyed the first one, uh, Louise, who's played by Michael Pena, yeah. he does get... He does get another, uh, so this is what happened, right? Sort of moment, uh, with, uh, <laughs> with, with, he, with, does, with, he does all the dialogue and then they like cut to the scenes where everybody's talking. Yeah, yeah I, that's I, that, my favorite. That, <laughs> yeah, so basically, th- this movie works as, and I think this is what something that's important for the Ant Man movies is that it's a comedy first before it's a comic book movie. Because really, these movies are made to make you laugh. And after Infinity War, God, did I need to laugh. Because this movie does kind of remind you, like, hey, you know, we can be fun. It's not all Thanos wiping out half the population. But um, the the comedy works really well in this. And Louise is a big part of that. Uh, I think the biggest complaint about this movie, and it is a complaint, is Walt, uh, Walton Goggins, who, of course, you know from Hateful Eight, Justified... Uh, uh, he was great on Community. Um, he plays uh, Sonny Birch, who's basically a uh, just kind of another tech, uh, kind of a tech adversary, and he has maybe 
10 minutes of screen time. And I just went, that's a real shame for someone as talented as Walton Goggins. He's at, in the movie at the beginning, and he's kind of scattered throughout helping chase down the pins. And then at the very kind of last uh, big kind of fight scene, he's kind of involved. But I, I thought that was a real big waste of him, to be honest. And, and I know what some people are going to say is, oh, Marvel's a villain problem. I really don't think the villain problem is A, as insane as a lot of people think it is. I think... That the character, that the villains are there to complement the, the the heroes, and not you know, in some cases directly be an adversary, which I think Marvel's shown that the, works for them. But this was a, an actor who I think is one of the best actors we have. Uh, we'll we'll wait to review Tomb Raider, but <laughs> but I thought that he was just really underutilized here, and that was that was a bummer to me. Um, one of the things that I did really enjoy is Randall Park is in this, who, of course, you know from Fresh Off the Boat. Um, uh, the, uh, he, of course, played uh, Kim, John, Kim Jong-un in the, in the interview, which, yeah, which is the main great. thing. Yeah, they and, hate us because they ain't us. Yeah, exactly. And, and he's on Veep, which I think is a really underrated show that I actually started watching a couple, like, like a month or so ago, and I'm really getting into. But um, he, he was really funny. He's that... FBI, that kind of that typical FBI agent, he wants to go ahead and, you know, erect, take down Ant-Man, get his big get, but at the same time, he kind of wants to be friends with him. He's like, oh, like you, you, you can shrink and grow. That's kind of cool. And he asks him out to dinner in this really awkward but hilarious way. Uh, I thought it was actually, he, he gave me a lot of actual really good uh, belly laughs in this. Um, the thing about this movie, man, is that there's a lot going on, but it does a pretty good job of juggling it all. The action scenes are really well done. And I thought that was my biggest fear because there is no, uh, there's no Edgar Wright safety net this time around. And while Edgar Wright didn't finish the first Ant-Man the way he wanted, he did get a story. I believe a screenwriting credit on it too. So you could definitely feel his influence with a lot of the jokes and even some of the action, the way it was shot. Uh, especially after watching Baby Driver. Uh, the action does work really well here. Uh, it takes place in San Francisco, you know, one of my favorite cities. And the the last big uh, kind of chase scene uh, involves uh, Ant-Man turning into Giant Man, uh, taking a truck and basically using it as a razor scooter to, to chase down uh, Walton Goggins, uh, Sonny. You have uh, Hope. Uh, as a wasp, she's uh, trying to go ahead and take down these villains from taking down Scott. And then you have Michael Douglas, Hank Pym. He's in, he's using the he's using this machine they built to go ahead and enter the quantum realm. So there's a lot going on in the last thirty minutes, and it does a really good job of bouncing back and forth between each little thing that's happening. That I went, oh, okay, you're actually doing a good job of balancing all this. Uh, also, to the movie. It's pretty short for a Marvel movie. It's about two hours, I would say. Um, maybe a hair over, but not much, not much more, to be, to, to be honest. I went, oh, okay. And, 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 and the movie really does kind of know to not overstay its welcome. Uh, there is a scene in the very beginning, because Scott's been on house arrest, so him and his daughter, uh, Cassie, who is just so goddamn adorable whenever i see that actor i'm like oh like this just, just warms my heart but she yeah uh, i heard i heard they used her a lot more in this movie 
they really did and she kind of is the emotion one of the emotional cruxes of the movie she really does kind of uh talk her dad off the ledge a couple of times and just tells her tells him that he can do anything and just it's, a, it's just a very sweet character and i and i really appreciate that um there's the one of the opening scenes of the movie uh scott has basically created this giant uh ruth goldberg-esque uh, machine basically where they're able to like uh get on a skateboard and ride uh through these like cardboard tunnels that he's built pretending like they're both ant-man and it leads them outside and i was like that's really cute and a lot of the movie really does admittedly get by on the fact that you just go oh a lot because it is really sweet um and she really worked well for me and i um i think the big problem that people are gonna have is that and, and i don't even think this is a problem but it's something that i think people will bring up is that it's not end of the world stakes you know what i mean it is very subdued in that sense and uh pun intended it is on a smaller scale as far as everything is concerned there's not a whole lot of uh you know tie-in tie-ins to the larger mcu it is more self-contained uh until the end and i'll get there but i enjoyed that it was nice to come off of uh the whole universe is at stake to more of, hey, San Francisco could be in trouble, <laughs> you know, not just because of, uh, you know, top skyrocketing rent prices. I went, oh, okay, this is kind of, <laughs> this is kind that, that, that makes sense. I could see how that'd be refreshing to just kind of have like a, a smaller scale, like everything's just more more self-contained. It's not a, a giant, you know, unstoppable force like coming to destroy the universe. I could see yeah. that being refreshing. Exactly, and Abby Ryder Fortson is who plays Cassie. She does a great job in this, and uh, so I will say I really I uh, kind of wrapping up here. Uh, oh, this oh yeah, that's that's kind of important. So the end of the movie, by the way, and this actually knocked the movie down a little bit for me. Uh, so there's two after credit scenes, right? There's a mid credits and after credits. I cannot stress enough: do not stay for the after credits. Because it's dumb and it's pointless and it doesn't mean anything. I just kind of went really like I would. I actually would have rather had them just have a mid credit scene than even have the second one. It, it actually really irritated me. It actually kind of pissed me off. If I'm being completely honest. So, so that's number one. Number two, after they go ahead and uh, oh yeah, this is kind of important too. Uh, Wasp, uh, Michelle Pfeiffer's character. So you know how I mentioned that Ghost was phasing and she couldn't like you know be like solid because her her cells and all that. Mm-hmm. Uh, basically, they get Wasp Michelle Pfeiffer. They get her out of the quantum realm, right? And basically, Ghost's plan is she's gonna drain her energy because she's been in the quantum realm and she thinks that can like stabilize her cells, right? So uh, Michelle Pfeiffer uh, Wasp he goes up to her. And she, like, everyone's like, no, no, don't go near her. And she like, kind of holds her hand up, like, I got this. And she goes, are you in pain? And she goes, like, every day. And Wasp just touches her and heals her. And I went, okay, movie. <laughs> like, that was something I went, uh, like, okay, I need, I need more than you touch your heel. It, it just, it was very lazy writing. And that was something that actually did bother me, especially for the last, 10 minutes of the movie it was just like ah okay like that's that's kind of lame so tying into the mid-credits scene they've basically figured out how to enter the quantum realm uh 
that big machine they built to get in initially, they found a way to miniaturize it so it fits in the back of uh, Louise's van, right? So uh, uh, it's it's all of them. So it's it's Ant Man, it's Hank Pym, it's uh, original Wasp, and it's uh, Hope, right? So they basically tell Scott, "Hey, you're going to the quantum realm. Like, don't do this. You'll get caught in a, a time vortex." And won't be able to get you out and don't do this. And so he's like, all right, cool, I got this. So they send him in the quantum realm. They're like, all right, five, four, three. You get static. And that's when you realize that the Thanos finger snap turns them into dust. So Scott's literally trapped in the quantum realm and can't get out, supposedly, right oh, now. Oh, okay. And I'll be honest, man, our whole theater was like, oh, I, it, dude, it caught me off guard. And I think what bugged me more is I should have seen that coming. And Marvel got me. I was like, oh, you son of a bitch. Fuck, you got me on that. So it, it's actually really well done. Yeah, that's, I, I, I got, that's, that's cool how they incorporated that. Yeah, so it, it, it seems like this movie takes place right before Infinity War, like right up to the finger snap. And I went, okay, that was that was clever. I got to give you guys credit on that. Um Despite my, and I've been back and forth on this because, as far as a grade, wrapping this up, I think this movie it does have its problems, and I and I laid out some of them. Um, by the way, uh, Lawrence Fishburne uh, is in here playing. Uh, oh my gosh, why am I blanking on the character's name? Um, but he's he's in here. Um, oh God, he's Goliath in the comics. Bill Foster. God, I was like, I should know that, but. He was an original uh, partner with Hanks uh, in S.H.I.E.L.D., which I thought was a great comic book nerd. I was like, oh, yeah, you brought that up. Cool. Um, it was cool the way they brought that up. And he actually gets a little more screen time than I thought he was going to get, which made me happy. So I kind of bounced off the Walter Goggins thing, or Walt Goggins. I hope he gets used more. It does kind of lead you to think like he might be. But even with my complaints... I did have so much fun with this. It is way... I thought this was a, a, a sizable upgrade for the most part over the first film. And I think that you can see this as a nice Infinity War palette cleanser. Just go, okay, like maybe this will be all be okay. <laughs> but uh, I would give this... <sighs> damn. I'm going to give this a B plus. I just think an A- is a little too generous for this just with some of my problems. But... Uh, me, me and uh, Alea went and saw this uh, on Saturday, and we both really walked out. Went, wow, we both really enjoyed that. So, yeah, I think the B plus is. Uh, I would definitely recommend seeing it, but uh, yeah, it, there there are some issues. So yeah, it's all B plus for me. Nice man. Yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing it. So sounds uh sounds like it's a good improvement on the first one. Yeah, it, it, it really is. And, and, and no disrespect to Edgar Wright. Like, I still want to see what an Edgar Wright Ant-Man movie fully realized would look like. Just throwing that out there. So, just saying. But, uh, guys, Ant-Man and the Wasp, have you seen it? Let us know in the comments below. You can follow us on Podbean, iTunes, Google Play, uh, and uh, Podbean at, uh, oh, and SoundCloud, pardon me, at The Real Pineapple. You can follow yours truly on the Twitter at jhunterrealpineapple. Follow our boy Scott on Twitter at Nearman the First, and you can follow Mr. Colin on Twitter at The Real O'Neill. Guys, thank you so much for listening. Uh, don't forget to like us on Facebook. We will have reviews up this weekend for 
uh, uh, Rampage, thank God, uh, will have a review up for Skyscraper and a review for Hotel Transylvania Summer Vacation, which, if you can tell my tone, I'm not super stoked about its theme. But we will see. Stranger things have happened. Hopefully it's good. Uh, guys, thank you so much for listening. We'll talk to you soon. Bye.